Welcome everyone to another episode of The Running Elephant. We'll be talking to Inyaki about his vision for the future of Bupa over the course of this podcast series and answering some of your questions about the elephant. I'm Nigel Sullivan, Bupa Chief Sustainability and People Officer, and I'm delighted yet again to be joined by Inyaki Arenyo, our group CEO. Hi Inyaki, how are you? Uh, hi uh, Nigel, not as well as you, but doing well, doing well. That's good. You find me here in London now ending my my second to the last quarantine and really willing to be able to go out. Great. I'm broadcasting to you um, from, from my home in Bath today. So um, look, in today's episode, we'll be discussing the transformation pillar of the elephant. Transformation is really at the heart of the whole of the strategy. Um, and, it, and it comes in all varieties of forms and all the pillars, really. Yaki, you often speak, I've heard you speak a few times about the run and the change and the need to do both and not be binary. And we talked about it in one of the other podcasts. Is transformation the change or is transformation something different from the change? I think it's exactly it's exactly that one. So the way we change the business, we transform the business is basically the same. Um, one of my learnings in my life, and I know you shared this, um, this experience, you also had this experience before, is that when you ask your people to do, to do like a bigger job, so not only provide the business as usual, do the run, but also transform, then the business is more complex, is bigger, but is much more fulfilling. Yeah, but the answer, the quick answer for your question would be yes. Okay, um, we've had uh, the pleasure of working with Professor Ben Katraman from Boston University, um, and he he has many many things about um, transformation, digital, and, and stuff like that. But he talks about I I, I love that one of the things he talks about is the weak signals, uh, and being able to have an organisation that can hear weak signals. And I, when he first said this, I thought, what does that mean? And then he used Kodak as the example, and he said. I didn't know this. Kodak had a digital camera, but it was buried somewhere down their organization. And they were so fixated on the print medium and, and old fashioned, you know, ways of photographic imaging and processing that they missed it. And look what happened. You know, they didn't transform and look what happened to Kodak. So do you, Nyaki, think there are other companies that you admire that have transformed themselves? Look, I think, uh, I think uh, Nigel, we are, COVID has, um, has brought Many many things, um, immense majority of them negative and you know and, and devastating, but has also brought some ideas that we need to watch for the future. And for me, the main one is the trauma that healthcare companies like us have gone through, telling our customers in different places in the world, Mr. Customer, we are sorry, you are going home because you need to quarantine. I can't provide you with the health you need. Is, and it is something that this is something that it doesn't apply specifically for Boop, applies for every healthcare company in every country. Okay, so this can't happen again. For me, COVID is setting up the bar that for future pandemics and for any future event, any healthcare company should be should be able to provide care uh, in the distance through digital means. So this is why I agree with you. This is our Kodak moment, our Airbnb moment is now. And this is why transformation now is much more needed. And, and you were asking about companies that I admire. Look, I follow us, probably you and, and the guys that are listening now, like healthcare companies doing well, like, I don't know, Babylon or Alan in France. But the ones that I tend to admire more is the incumbent companies that they belong to the physical world and they now need to adapt to the new world. And the one that I like the most is Walmart. So Walmart in the US, well, you all know that it was is, is the incumbent retailer. So here comes Amazon 
purely digital from the very beginning. And Walmart has developed so many capabilities on the digital space that now they compete with Amazon very well. That is the sort of companies that we need to watch is the companies that they are incumbent. I tend to say to, you know, when we talk to consultants, no, it's easy to send to give us examples of digital companies that have been very successful. But what about incumbent companies that they have to run and change the business at the same time? That is the main challenge. We do not rehearse these things, folks. Well, you can probably tell we don't rehearse them. <laughs> I, 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 I was thinking about this, you know, in advance of this, this, this interview and, and the company for me is an incumbent that's changed itself, and it's, it's actually Disney. Um, Walt Disney set up the Disney Corporation in the 1920s, you know, and everybody knows Mickey Mouse and all that, and Goofy and all that stuff, you know, that, where they started out. He was an illustrator and an animator and all the rest of it, and an actor. And then I think about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, I, I, re I read, there's a really good book um, by Ed Catbull, who's the, um, one of the co-founders of Pixar, and they bought Pixar, and they've done. I think they've done this amazing job of blending this this rich heritage they have with literally bleeding edge technology in terms of Pixar. The stuff Pixar does is unbelievable. The physics, the the the, the algorithms, the, the technology is at the at the edge of you know human understanding. And uh, I just think it's a it's a great it's a great way of you know it's still Disney, but it feels so fresh and modern. Wow. I heard, a, I heard a couple of things about Disney, but I'm going to check that example because those are the examples that need to illustrate what we have to do because we are in an incumbent company. If they, if they had stayed the way they were, it would have been they would have gone the way of Kodak, I bet. Exactly, know, exactly. And they're, 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 they're you know, still, still incredibly successful. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a follow-on question and it's probably a pretty obvious one. In simple terms, you know, people listening to this might think, well, what, 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 what do they mean? You know, what do we need to transform towards what would you say uh, an answer to that question might look like? Nigel, I think there are three like three ideas for me that are hopefully um, answers your question very well. So one idea is that we are very happy to be a healthcare company and this is our space and we're going to stay here. Second idea is the, is the digital transformation is basically what we have always tried to do in the past, which is basically please very much our customers be perfect to our customers. So have a frictionless experience when the customers interact with us. Now is more possible because there are digital tools to do that. Okay. Yeah. And the third idea here is that now to please our customers and to produce a frictionless experience, we don't even have to ask ourselves, we ask them. So by asking them constantly, what do I have to do? Then you get into a virtuous circle that allows you to keep growing every year is what we call getting in love with the problem, not with the solution. When you get in love with the problem, the problem is how do I build a frictionless experience? This, when you get in love with the solution is that when you personally as an executive think on a solution and then you are captured by your own thoughts. And this is basically what companies like Netflix or let's say of uh, Amazon we expressed before and some of the companies is what they do. They do a business using digital technologies to produce a frictionless experience. This is all about what we are pretending to do in the future. Great. So fall in love with the problem. Think about a frictionless experience. And that, that sends us in a very digital route, doesn't it, at the end of the day? Exactly. Exactly. No, exactly. And this is why, for example, we have this first pillar of 250 uh, customer experience improvements. Because if you do that year after year, in year three, 
year four, you're going to be, as we said in our ambition, the most customer-centric healthcare organization in the world. But you need to develop this muscle year after year, 250 customer experience improvements all the time, all the time. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And this is the attitude. That sits behind the world's most customer-centric healthcare company, the whole thing sits in one place. That is exactly the exactly the point. People listening to the podcast, you know, I mean, I, I some years ago probably thought, you know, transformation, it, it, it's going to happen to me. It's it's not by me. You know, it's, 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 I'm a recipient of it rather than a creator of it. I don't think that's right. I mean, I, I think it's the right, the, right, the, right, the right way to think about this. But have you got any thoughts, like, for people listening, like, any tips for transformation, like, mindset or activities or priorities, anything people can do to do their transformation, their, their change? You know, I am totally in the same space as you. So the transformation element uh, affects everybody absolutely with no discussion because probably in the future, Every company, and Bupa will be one of those, will have a lot of processes that will be done by machines. And the smart companies, the companies that will succeed in the future are those that will move all of those people to the front end to interact with, with customers. So doing this, and in order to be prepared for the future, there are three aspects that every executive, when I say every, I mean everybody needs to develop to the future. One is listening to customers and basically develop the muscle of listening and also thinking on possible solutions for improving our customer experience. So this will be number one. Number two will be work with data. And you don't have to be a data engineer to be able to work with data. I am a lawyer and I will never be an engineer, but I can work with data because that is a skill that we all should have and we all should prepare for. And the third thing is there are ways of working a bit more quickly. So for example, if we were in the past for launching a new product, we were needing 12 months. Now we start providing a minimum viable product in three months and we start moving. So developing these three characteristics, so listening to customers and proposing changes on the way we do business. Second, working with data. Third, working more quickly affects everybody and everybody should be. This is what we mean when we say the transformation is like a train. We are all on the station. We say jump in. It just shares these principles. Jump in the train. Let's go because the future is great for Bupa because in the future, we're going to be we're going to be more people in Bupa, but much more, many more people on the front end. So this is why it's so relevant that we all feel compelled uh, to do the transformation because we can. And look, Nigel, I'll leave for you something that I know um, you and me like very much is the super millennial concept. Yes, I know. Well, I, I was going to say we talked about this <laughs> on, a, on one of the other podcasts, didn't we? Because uh, I was exactly. No, we did that before. Yeah, it is this thing that everybody's invited. Everybody get get involved. You know, the transformation is is with a big T, capital T, and it's also a small T. Lots and lots of small T's as well. We all have a part to play. Exactly. You can change things in your job, no matter what job you do. You can transform something. It's the only way it, it should be done. To be honest. Yes. Um, Thinking about the emblematic project for this particular pillar for a moment, it says, blue at you roll out. Now, I think the first question, because you were responsible for this in your previous job, maybe could you maybe explain to people on the call, what is blue at you? Blue at you, let's say, is a concept that includes three different coverages that 
going forward are so relevant for private medical insurance companies that we believe should be like mandatory. So one is doctor at the phone. So being able to do your video consultations with your doctor is number one. Second one is a chronic disease management system program run by coaches that we make available for our, for our patients and customers. And that is also run through the mobile phone. And the third one is some sort of hospital domicialization that we do that using some wearables. Uh, this is why we call Blue IU concept, because these three ingredients is what, if we have them implemented in our businesses, will allow us, if, in case there is another pandemic, to be sure that we will still provide health to our customers in the future. So we call it Blue IU concept is because it explains well the concept and also because the technology that underpins the, the product is owned by Bupa. So this is why we are offering this technology to other business units in Bupa that might need it. So it doesn't have to be called Blue IU. It can be called whatever we decide to call and we can use whatever the technology we might have to use. Thanks, Inyaki. So, you know, just to recap, you know, for everybody, doctors on the phone, having chronic disease health plans in, in a virtual digital way using mobile phones and hospitalization that's virtual through wearables, three sort of key areas. And it's so interesting, you know, because one of our other sessions was on growth. And when I looked at the Deloitte 2021 global healthcare spend outlook, three of the massive drivers for growth our aging population, which includes a lot of these things like demand for care because of diabetes, hypertension, etc., going up. And the third thing, clinical and technological advances. So it brings it all together, doesn't it? Yeah. In, in Blue U. And Nigel, I think the um, chronic diseases that we all suffer is the flip side of the coin of an aging population. So in terms of people listening, because it's an international audience, so it doesn't have to be the same. I think you sort of touched on it. It doesn't have to be exactly the same thing everywhere. It's taking the concept everywhere that we take Blue IU. Is that correct? Is that totally correct? So it's taking the concept of Blue IU and knowing that that technology is available so we can copy because it's a, it's a reusable technology that we can have. But also there's another element in Blue IU that is also very relevant here um, that is part of the, let's say, of the Blue IU concept is that we own the platform. So I think that the challenges that we have going forward are so big and Pupa is so big and our ambition is so big that we owe ourselves the capacity and the possibility of owning these platforms going forward because the future of health is going to happen very much in this sort of platform. So Blue IU is a proprietary platform uh, in where we can join other partners. So, Nyaki, that's, that's absolutely a really great point, you know, uh, and I should have picked it up earlier, the, the, this thing about owning, you know, owning the, not just the experience, but the, but the technology, because there's a lot of activity now with um, uh, the Googles of the life and the Amazons of the life. One, a lot of these companies want to get into health healthcare, and I guess a combination of owning that customer experience and owning the technology for us makes it very hard to disintermediate, I guess. Exactly. I mean, I think you're touching one of the most critical points here is the capacity to be disintermediated. When you build an ecosystem like the one that we're trying to build, the capacity to be disintermediated reduces to almost zero. Yeah. And the companies that keep going year after year are the companies that build ecosystems. 
and I'm totally with you. And the whole thing, I think the whole thing just comes together. It's around, exactly. you know, our brand, our history, the, the, the trust that people have in us, the frictionless experience. Yeah. You know, the whole thing just, just, just sits together, doesn't it? Also, look, I mean, all of these big companies that, um, you know, that want to get into our industry, you know, we have many examples in many countries that this is not a matter of having big pockets, large pockets. So we have also, we have experiences of companies, multi-line companies that they have tried to be very big in health. And again, they didn't succeed because I don't know what's in our industry, but being here for many years, have a good reputation, have a good brand, it's everything. So this is why I think that if we embrace all of these challenges that we have, the opportunity for Bupa is absolutely immense. I don't think we realize how big it is and how you know how fulfilling this could be for the next few for the next years and hopefully a podcast in another company in a few years time when asked the question other companies that you admire that have transformed themselves Bupa will be one of those companies <laughs> exactly we, so, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will happen I think point. it will I think it really will for lots and lots of reasons yeah Inyaki thanks so much again for taking the time to talk to us gracias a ti maestro so thanks to you ma master you are the master <laughs> of the podcast being with you is always is great. No, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening and being with us. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As usual, if you want to get in touch, if you have any questions or comments at all, just drop us a line at runningelephant at bupa.com. Make sure you watch out for the next episode, and we will see you soon. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.